And so in order to get a heart transplant, which is different from a kidney transplant, a person has to actually die and be willing to give the gift of life. Listen to Professor Khadija Brethet, Advanced Heart Failure Specialist and Transplant Cardiologist in our upcoming series in August and September. We are very fortunate to have with us Dr. Khadija Brethet. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to join you today. Thank you. So we dive right in. What are the factors that put a woman at risk that is the heart actually failing to work as the heart? The number one cause of heart failure is... So, you know, one of our midwives this weekend was describing to me the symptoms of a patient as she was walking and she was describing the way she was breathing, how a person's symptoms while performing physical activities are used to talk about the different stages of heart failure. What does it mean for heart failure to be advanced and how the stage of heart failure affects a patient's outcome. From the patient's standpoint, what we want to know is whether or not you're having symptoms at rest and symptoms with minimal activity or a lot of activity. And what are the treatments prescribed by an advanced heart failure transplant cardiologist like yourself. If you're sick enough where you're not able to tolerate these medications or you're being rehospitalized for heart failure, your symptoms aren't getting better. Those are some of the signs that suggests that you may have advanced heart failure, meaning that you need to see a, a specialist like myself. And just to give you an idea, there's approximately six and a half million people living with heart failure, of which maybe five to 25% of those have advanced heart failure. 
We only do about 3,500 transplants per year. That means a lot of people are dying and a lot of people aren't getting this life-saving treatment. So the left ventricle is one of the four major chambers of the heart that's responsible for pumping blood to the brain and to the rest of the body. It's the strongest muscle slash chamber in the heart. And when it's not working well, that leads to bad blood flow to brain. It's essentially what we call kind of like a rocket fuel that is um, placed through an IV in the arm to allow for a patient to have this medication continuously because it helps improve the efficiency of the heart. But because it makes the heart work harder, it's extra work on the heart. What happens? When after pregnancy, a woman develops heart failure in a condition at times we call postpartum cardiomyopathy. These areas, these disparities we're talking about is really what led me to be who I am today and the type of career that I have, because these issues have been going on for a long time. If you're Black, if you're Hispanic ethnicity, if you're American Indian, Alaska Native, if you are a woman, if you are a Black woman. And so it's really important that you learn how to advocate for yourself, identify a healthcare professional that you trust, that you have a good relationship with, that you know is going to have your best interest. You know, you are an authority on this topic because you have studied nearly 105,000 patients admitted to intensive care unit with heart failure. But what symptoms should point a woman to think that this shortness of breath is more than usual or that might make the doctor think this is more than a normal pregnancy symptom? Especially if it's your first child, how are you supposed to know what's normal and what isn't? You know, so I speak of a true scenario in which a woman had heart failure, had a heart transplant, then got pregnant in Buenos Aires, Argentina. There are things that you want to do. If this is something you really care about doing to please meet with your healthcare team as soon as possible to help make those plans and in the meantime use contraception. It is. Heart disease, heart attack, cardiovascular disease, heart failure, all have different meanings. But for the two that you asked, so for a heart attack, we're talking about the 
three main blood vessels that feed the heart. They can have blockages, kind of like a straw. If you're sucking on a straw, there's something that gets caught in, can't suck anymore. Um, That's what essentially happens with a heart attack. You have a dislodge of what we call plaque that blocks the blood vessel and leads to no blood flow to that area of the heart and leads to the heart being attacked. And that can increase your risk of dying. And so there are a lot of things you can do, lifestyle changes, treatment of like your high blood pressure, high cholesterol, healthy weight, good sleep, good exercise, um, maintaining weight, things to do to help reduce your risk of having a heart attack. And so, you know, as a preventative thing, family planning and pregnancy, including an individualized mother and baby risk assessment, talking about alternatives, talking about the right time to get pregnant, are all the things that are discussed with all women of childbearing age, especially those undergoing cardiac transplantation. Because many of the transplant recipients nowadays are fertile. What are some of the reasons to offer a woman of childbearing age a heart transplant? And it may be due to um, coronary artery disease. It may be due to high blood pressure. It may be due to the genes. It may be due to peripartum cardiomyopathy. Maybe due to having breast cancer and the chemotherapy agent led to heart failure. And it's a whole host of different things that can cause heart failure, including ones. But these are the things you have to do to make sure that you get the, the best treatment for yourself until we get to a point where everyone is guaranteed equitable care, irrespective of their race, ethnicity, or sex. But Dr. Brethead, what could go wrong with having a new heart and getting pregnant? So very important that you do the preparatory work to help prevent pregnancy when it's not desired and when desired to plan for it and make the appropriate steps in place to help protect yourself. Now, it's different if we're talking about a person that has peripartum cardiomyopathy and their EF is still low or their EF is pretty poor. They keep coming in and out of the hospital and their heart failure isn't controlled. So the ejection fraction um, is essentially the percent uh, that the blood, that the heart is squeezing out of the heart um, with every beat. So I really enjoy spending time with um, my family and with my friends. Um, And I am a beach person. I love the beach. Spent a lot of time writing, um, a lot of time thinking and thinking about the different issues that I see um, with clinical care and trying to understand critically how we can address them and untangle them to lead to um, systematic changes to improve healthcare delivery. 
also spent a lot of time mentoring and um, helping um, build the next generation of cardiologists and scientists. One of the, the main drivers for me um, with this field is, is my faith and recognizing some of the things that I believe that God has put on my heart to do. In your 2019 Breathed et al. publication, and you have published several high-impact journals, but in this journal, you showed two exact patients with almost perfect similarities in their health conditions, their height, their weight, their insurance type. The only difference was their race. However, they received strikingly antithetical care for their heart condition. What are the complex factors associated with disparities in access to advanced therapies? So I thought, well, let's actually do the rigorous research to understand what is happening and observe different findings found that um, social support mattered the most. The Black patient was thought to be less trustworthy, less adherent. This time in this study, the, the major recommendation was ventricular assist device for everybody. And there were different types of concerns about the patients when it was a woman, more concerns about the finances, more concerns about them having children, more concerns about the spouse being the caregiver, because how could the spouse be the caregiver for uh, a female patient? And these things were even worse when looking at the, the Black woman patient, try to identify how to fix this. And that's by addressing the common things that we found. I mean, can we use some cells to maybe grow portions of a new heart in maybe using stem cells from the cord blood of a newborn to maybe eventually reduce this scarcity of the heart organ? Sounds really cool. And there have been um, individuals kind of looking in that area. Maybe a little bit more closer um, is getting a heart transplant from an animal or from What if your heart is just broken from love or lack of it? What is the situation there? I feel bad for you, <laughs> whoever, the, whoever the, the person is, I had that question. Um, but no, to, to be realistic for one, I, that gives me two points addressed appropriately. This is Coco Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. My name is Dr. Bola Sogade. I'm a women's healthcare specialist and the host of CocoaPods podcast. CocoaPods podcast is a women's health discussion on topics before, during, and after pregnancy that are thoroughly researched and usually delivered by experts 
for women all over the world and people that love women with a goal to helping them live healthier lives. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Khadija Brethet, for coming to Cocoa Pods podcast, for just giving us knowledge on this sub sub specialized area of medicine that a lot of people do not know about a lot of providers do not even know about you know this you know aspect of uh, of medicine and pregnancy so thank you so much thank you so much for having me